My friend, who I'm discussing voluntarism with, uh, asked me some questions, uh, just some things that she's pondering, and I thought I would answer them, and perhaps they're also questions you have had, and uh, I certainly don't have answers, but I have some thoughts on them, so I'll share them with you, and maybe we'll all learn a little something. So, question one, how does one practically live once they opt out of a system which is not what it is purported to be, to which one never gave informed consent? I have a long list of things that would be affected, including at least eight major documents, licenses, etc., that would have to be nullified. Don't even yet know how to do that, when, and in what order. So my thought about this is that we live in a tough system. We are born into a world that is not ideal. The philosophy of voluntarism is a philosophical concept, one that I believe can in fact come to fruition in time. However, right now it is not it is not that uh, a system that is in place. So to completely opt out, I believe is impossible because if we take it to the extreme, which is always a wise thing to do, there is absolutely no way that we can completely remove ourselves from every part of the system. Uh, if we went way out in the woods and lived on a private person's uh, private property out on their huge ranch and if we made every attempt not to use anything like a, an axe because of course we couldn't use an axe because uh, the axe was shipped on a government road and that would be you know using a government service which a, a voluntarist would prefer not to do so it, it is just if you take it to that extreme the, the rancher is paying taxes on his property and so therefore we're kind of sort of involved in that there's really no way to live that I can think of anywhere in the world because every square inch of the world is controlled by some government, or if you want to call them a mafia, it's controlled by some organized criminal syndicate that has control of it. It is just it's impossible to do otherwise. So since we live in the, the farm, the jurisdiction, the, the, the country, whatever you want to call it, that is the United States, and in this jurisdiction uh, there are smaller jurisdictions called states that have driver's licenses that we must have, and this is just one example. If we want to use the roads, which are the only reasonable way to get from point A to point B, then we have to use the driver's license. Yes, that is uh, not sticking to our principles 100%, um, as is walking along a sidewalk that was government produced or living on land that taxes are paid on or paying taxes uh, yeah this is not acceptable however i choose to live i choose not to kill myself which would be the you know the option to truly not give the government anything of course then when i died they would get you know my estate taxes uh, they get they get their share of that so there's really no way we can get, get away with it my personal philosophy has been do as little harm as is reasonably possible. So the other day I saw a drunkard laying in the street, or laying in a parking lot right beside the street, and he had just fallen down, couldn't get up, couldn't get home. So I got out of my car, and rather than calling the police department to come and arrest him or deal with him somehow, I tried to do as little as I could to have the government involved. And in this case, it was getting out, talking to the guy, helping him get up, and essentially carrying him, walking him two blocks to his house, get him in there, get him in on his couch so he could uh, sober up. 
So I had two options there. One was to get the government involved and one was to take care of it myself. I, I think I did the right thing there. There will be times that I use the government roads, that I, I use the government systems, and I just can't help that. Uh, so I'm I'm okay with it. It's not my preference, but eh, I'm it's just kind of how things are at this time. Uh, so that's kind of question one is I'm not going to try to get out of all the sovereign citizen stuff and not have a driver's license and not have a license plate and and refer to old government documents that have technicalities that say that if my name is capitalized or not I'm a sovereign this or that or corporation and I that's not interested in that um, it's 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 babble it's government babble government documents uh, I just care about the philosophy of it and uh, that's really all I focus on so I don't have a good answer to question one uh, question two how do you get a job or run your own business and enter business agreements and get paid for services provided to others when you aren't a member of the corporation and by this I think uh, you're referring to the corporation as the United States corporation the government corporation um, and Bitcoin is the answer. Cryptocurrencies, uh, they're tougher to use. It's not as easy yet, but that's the way to go. Uh, mycelium is a good one to get started with. Uh, put a few bucks in there. I can help you with that. Um, that's a, a good way to get started is cryptocurrencies. And uh, other than that, I mean, I, I have a friend that hasn't paid taxes in, in 30 years, and he refuses to fill out a 1099 when he does contract work for us. So we have to keep him under $600 a year because we do everything according to how the mafia, not the mafia, the uh, U.S. government tells us to do it. And we just, we don't want to risk that, you know, if we get audited by the government, uh, we don't want to get in as big a trouble. So we kowtow to them, unfortunately. And uh, because of that, we can't can't pay him as much as we'd like to each year. Can't use him as much. Uh, that's kind of kind of the answer to number two as best as I can give it. Number three, why are people like Ron and Rand Paul still participating? Surely they know it's all a sham. Surely they know they can't change things in a meaningful way. Is it just a platform from which to lead people to a point of insight that will lead to their getting out? Or are they riding some kind of hypocritical gravy train? I'm curious. Well, I think Ron and Rand Paul are very different people. Uh, Rand Paul, I think, is no better than any other politician. Uh, yeah, I mean, there's a, there's a scale, but they're all evil status that are, you know, control freaks that want to tell us what to do and are cool with taking our money as long as it's for what they want. He's better than some, worse than others, but he's just a politician. Ron, on the other hand, I think he gets liberty to a much greater extent. He has studied the voluntarist greats, and I would consider him to be a oh, almost an anarcho-capitalist, not a voluntarist. Uh, difference between anarchist, uh, anarcho-capitalist and a voluntarist is that the voluntarist does not believe in political action, like running for office, voting, etc. An anarcho-capitalist can still run for government office and say, yeah, I'm doing it to make a fool of the system or to break the system or, or whatever. So I think Ron Paul might be an anarcho-capitalist or real close to it. Uh, he thinks he can change things through the system, and I don't think he can. Uh, I think that's just impossible. And there's a great thing on, uh, if you Google Strike the Root, Stefan Molyneux, uh, My Son, Slave... Uh, that should pull up a great article. I think there's also a uh, audio cast, audio podcast of that little uh, paper somewhere. Very worthwhile. Kind of ties into this one. 
Okay, and kind of a continuation here. Isn't it funny that first I wanted you to help me figure out what would replace the corrupt system, and now I don't really care about that because I see that what we have is truly evil. Yep, it's one of those things that it took me years to see it, but once you see it, you can't really unsee it. Uh, for me, the uh, this letter continues, for me the offense is control and deceit, which I guess translates into aggression and theft. But what is right... In my what what is right in my face every day is the oppressive control, political, economic, and social. I'm so sick of various entities saying you have to, and give your social security number to get utilities, accept a credit card with an RFID chip, etc., etc. I'm tired of government workers treating the public like trash, and I'm sure after seeing a political party up close that it is controlled as a top-down machine that is all about manipulating rules and processes to get exactly what they want while maintaining a veneer or an appearance of being a vehicle by which people can actually have a voice and assert their will. You just said that beautifully. Exactly. Uh, you see it. Now you can't unsee it. Um, you, you could kind of get back into the system a little bit, but you'll always have this in the back of your mind. You'll be able to pick out all the little things that, that politicians do and realize it's just BS. I'm tired of being dominated, the letter continues. It has felt uncomfortable all my life. I've noticed the contradictions between our nation's declarations on liberty and the response of people when challenged, whether expressed by people accusing me of being rebellious or having a bad attitude, for questioning things and for invoking principles of liberty, like free speech, or whether being expressed by people refusing to live their own lives according to the principles of liberty, liberty out of fear over what others would think or say. We live in a country that exemplifies one of the greatest paradoxes of all time. It claims to be free, and yet is characterized by unimaginable bondage. Yes, and isn't it just intelligent, here I'm speaking now, isn't it just interesting that this unimaginable bondage that we are in, that you mention, is purported by the others not to be? It's, it's kind of like the news speak of, was it 1984, uh, freedom is slavery and, and peace is war, uh, war is peace, whichever way they said it. Um, it's just it's just a complete mess. But now you see it, and there's really nothing you can do uh, other than just see it and help others see it and come up with uh, ideas on how we might, might live a better life. Uh, and there's nothing we can implement tomorrow that will make it better. Uh, there's some people that think they can, but I don't, I don't really think that's possible. But yeah, it's just, it's really, it's really weird. Uh, letter continues, I'm finally finding out why I have felt so oppressed and dominated. We live in a massive contradiction. I can't do that. It's tearing my guts out. Now I have to figure out what to do about this for myself. Thanks for being a friend and a kindred spirit in the journey. All my best. And that is what we all deal with. And it's sickening. And the further you, what's it called? Get it going to the rabbit hole. <laughs> the more you study and, and learn, the more ridiculous the state is. The, the, the myth that there could be such a thing as a state. Uh, and it is so frustrating now when you look at someone else who is a good conservative, libertarian-leaning red-blooded American, and you see them waving a U.S. flag or saying, at least we live in a free country. And it's just, it's so ridiculous once you see it that it's not a free country, that a flag is just some piece of cloth with colors on it that represent a, a government. It doesn't even represent 
the, your neighbors and your way of life and, and your your history. That's not what it represents. It is the U.S. flag is the U.S. government's flag, and U.S. government is not here to help you. You are a, a an animal. You're an animal on their farm. You're a piece of livestock. And once we realize that everything is so ridiculous, and yet these intelligent, friendly, wonderful people who are still my friends, they just don't get it. And and I can tell them in 10 different ways, send them Larkin Rose links. Uh, I can send them other links, Stefan Molyneux links from back in the days when he was sharp, uh, and, and quotes and memes. And until it clicks, it's just impossible to see. And that is, boy, if we could figure out how to, in 15 minutes, sit down and talk with someone and have them open their eyes, uh, that would be an incredible, incredible thing. The island analogy by Larkin Rose is one way that we could help share the word with others. And Larkin Rose is actually working on another uh, project. It's called The Mirror. And it is a, a computer program, and uh, or it's a game almost, uh, that a person can go into it and answer questions. And depending on their answer, a new set of questions will be asked, and it leads them uh, down a path that leads to them having a conclusion. And this program's being worked on, it's probably at least a year out, um, and the person working on it, Larkin Rose, has to work regular day jobs to survive, uh, and this is a, you know, a full year's worth of full-time work doing the computer programming to put it all together and, and make it work. So who knows if it'll be out in a year or two or whenever, but that will be a great tool, but even that won't be the answer. Most people we know aren't going to take the time and have an open enough mind to to listen to it and, and do anything about it. So, until then, I am very cheerful. People are awesome. I use the government as little as I reasonably can. Um, I, I get along well with people. I, I'm nice. I try to live a good example, have my life be a good example of voluntarism. And as long as I'm doing that, uh, I'm, gosh, it's I think that's the best I can do. So hopefully these words of encouragement and uh, some ideas on your questions and your thoughts, hopefully they're helpful. And uh, hey, continue the journey and read, listen to lectures and podcasts, and, and there's so much information out there, and sort through it, make sure it makes sense, and uh, yeah, continue the journey. It's fun. It's wonderful. We, uh, we know some stuff a lot of people don't, and that's a cool thing.